This podcast replay is brought to you by Caneswear.com. For all your Canes, Dolphins, and Heat needs, visit them at 2511 South University Drive in Davie. Free shipping with online orders over $99. Go to Caneswear.com at Miami Fanware. That's the spot where South Florida fans shop. I get the mic to work. Got it to work now. There we go. There we go. Yes, yes, yes. You figured by now I would learn how to do this, so. Yes. (laughs) Trust me, I struggle myself too. I, I frustrate the shit out of Sean all the time. Like, <laughs> it's like, I'm sorry, Sean. I don't have your skill set. You know, it's just, uh, it's just one of those things. So, uh, good we- day yesterday, by the way, for the Canes. That was, uh, it was nice to see Devin Hester and Andre oh, yeah. Jackson, who never played with a real quarterback. Uh, I wish he did because I think we would have seen like elite shit that people like really would have appreciated to me. Andre Johnson is one of the greatest talents I have ever seen at wide receiver. And I don't care that his stats will never match you know, some of the, the top guys in the league or whatever and other things. But to me, Andre Johnson was as good as anybody, bro. Seriously. He was no question. And, uh, wow. you know, I remember seeing him for the first time uh, at Miami high and thinking to myself, this is a grown-ass man playing high school football. Uh, just such a huge, big-bodied guy. And, you know, he did everything for Miami High. They, they would light him up at punter sometimes. He'd, he'd do some punting for them. Uh, and and uh, just what a tremendous athlete. And then gets to Miami and instantly, right away, is just a guy that you can't deny uh, had to be on the field making plays and, you know, part of that championship squad, the last one at Miami. Yeah, it's just hard to find guys that big, that mm-hmm. fast, that physical, that dominant. Like, there was no weakness in Andre Johnson's no. game. You know, he was a beast at anything he felt like doing. And, and that's that's where that's the real crime that I don't think the general NFL fan will ever talk about Andre Johnson the way they're supposed to talk about Andre Johnson. Because Andre Johnson didn't play on a great team. Yeah, that was the unfortunate side of it. That's that's the unfortunate side of it. He didn't get to uh, to flex in the NFL. But, hey, he's in the Hall of Fame for a reason. I think everybody who played against him knew how good he was. So, uh, just one of the greatest canes of all time, no question. Uh, Devin Hester, best returner I've ever seen in my life, dude. You know, and uh, it it was a frustrating time too early on in his career because – they didn't know how to use him, you know, especially at mm-hmm. the U. They couldn't use, They didn't know how to use him. And in the NFL, they never really were able to convert him to a wide receiver. But when it came to the return game, brother, he just had it. It. Yep. First time I laid eyes on Devin Hester was at the state track and field championships. And I remember driving up um, to watch him run and uh, do the hurdles and some of the other events that he was in. And I just remember thinking to myself, like, okay, now I, now I get it. Like, this kid just has another gear that nobody else has uh, in the open field, being able to just take off and explode. And uh, it, it was special to watch. And then, you know, when he gets to Miami, like you said, didn't really know what to do with him because he was so freaking talented. You're like, I got to get him on the field somehow. And I still remember Larry Coker, like, giving him some snaps at running back. Uh, just trying to get him anywhere on the field so he can make plays and just uh, just such a special talent. And uh, it's a shame that, that people are only going to remember him as a kick returner because I think, you know, if somebody would have taken a little bit more time to work with him, he probably could have been an excellent receiver. He might, he might have. I don't know about excellent, but he at least could have become a consistent contributor to help you out somewhere, be a number three, number four guy, you know, on your roster. Yeah. You don't want to overwork him as a returner in a number one or number two. And I, I don't even know if he ever showed those kind of skill sets. But I'm with you. I, I think if somebody would have really taken the time to work with his route running and all those kind of things, maybe they could have made him a little bit more. But, dude, as a returner, wow. Yep. It, it, it was I, – I, I, it got to a point where they feared him so much in the NFL that they did yep. whatever – to try to keep it away from him and that was impressive it was and 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 it's funny because i really feel like the nfl rules changed and the end of his career we didn't get to see 
right? Like what he really could have done if they would have kept uh, the kickoffs back where they were. But there were so many injuries on kickoffs and teams obviously wanting to avoid that with the, with some of their marquee players that he that the kick returner kind of got phased out. But I, but I got to say, we probably saw the best kick returner ever right before those rules changed. And uh, we got we got a chance to do his thing. No doubt. Reggie Wayne should be next, dude. Right. I mean, they yeah, didn't there should be 12. There should be 12 at the very least soon. Yeah, they they, uh, they they probably didn't want to put three canes in yesterday, but um, <laughs> right, you, did you see his tweet? Yeah, he wasn't happy. I know that he was kind of uh, like, what what else, right? What else do I got to do? How much longer I got to wait for this? For those of you that didn't see it, there's Reggie Wayne's tweet yesterday. Current mood, and he just <laughs> that's it. Just current mood, and put this guy's face. And you know what? I I get it. Uh, and I almost let me tell you, I thought maybe he would get in in front of Andre. Yeah, because he has the Super Bowl. He has the flashy stats with the big team. And, you know, he played on the team that Andre never played on. In other words, mm -hmm. yep. I, there was a part of me that I would not have been surprised if Reggie got in and Andre had to wait another year. You know what I'm saying? But in the end, I think Reggie will be happy. He'll get it. <clears throat> oh, absolutely. Yeah, he's going to get in. He's not going to be denied. It's just a matter of when. Um, I was thinking about this the other day. After Reggie, is Calais next? Yes. Oh, he yeah. Should be in, right? Yes. Oh, God, yes. Calais? My God. Of course. Jesus, that guy was a dominant defensive lineman all throughout his career, man. Yeah. I mean, and I remember, if I remember correctly, didn't Calais Campbell have like a shitty 40? Or something mm -hmm. like that. Like yeah, he didn't he didn't run well. He didn't run well. No. Right, something didn't go well in his workout, and then they held it against him. And then he he got drafted like in the latter part of the first round, and then he and then he just exploded. And you got a bargain of a player at that point, or something. I think it was like that, right? Was it Calais? I yeah, say it was like that. He wasn't a high draft pick to my to my memory. Um, yeah. but obviously, I want to say like twenty third overall or something. Is why yeah, I put yeah, the yeah. number that sticks yeah. out of my head. Um, yeah. but. Yeah. I mean, just over 100 career sacks, right? That's what he's uh, – he, he crossed that threshold. I mean, he's got to be in. So uh, – Game and, record, bro. Game and, record. And I don't, know, I don't know how many Pro Bowls, but it's just – yeah, he, he would be number 13 in my mind. And then we'll find out who's next after that, if Miami has anybody else uh, of, of the modern-day guys that would fit. Shit, you're better than I am at this. Who are you thinking? I'm, I'm trying to think of – Oh, Greg Olson? Greg Olson, right. Right. Tight end, right. Jimmy Graham right. might be another one. He had a great career. Right. Um, uh, what's it called? Um, Frank Gore? Right. Mr. Gore has to because he's, what, second all-time in rushing? So, I mean, yeah. how do you not put him in? McGahee? 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 After that knee injury, if you look, right. his, his stats are Hall of Fame stats. Mm-hmm. Um, no, there's a there's a few guys that 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 have a shot to get in. Okay, yeah, right. I, I know Otis Anderson was another one that people have sort of over the years and said maybe he'll get in on the back door, right yeah. at the end. But oh, oh God, if he hasn't gotten in by now in the veterans committee, when Randy yep. Grubachar and and uh, and and McMichael are getting in, I I don't know, man. I don't know on that one. But yeah, hey, listen, I don't have a problem getting Otis Anderson in there, but because. He was special when he mm -hmm. was with Cardinals. I'm old no enough. I'm old enough to remember Otis Anderson playing and dominating with a with a shitty Cardinals team, by the way. Yep. Okay. All right. And, and a Neil Lomax that used to get injured all the time. Yep. If I remember correctly. That was if I remember correctly, that was one of the quarterbacks during his era. At that well, time. Ford 14 is the most that any school has. I think it's USC and Notre Dame with 14 each. So uh, Miami is getting up to 11 now. Uh, you know, we, we we certainly have enough candidates, I think, at the University of Miami to say they could potentially overtake both of those programs. All right, so Alonzo Highsmith left. Any yep. word on replacing him? Nobody yet. Nothing that I that I've been able to come up with that's concrete. You know, Mario likes to take his time, as we've come to learn, right? When in terms of replacing guys, and uh, I'm sure there's probably candidates in his mind, but you know, he takes his time through the interview process. You know, and and the running backs coach that was hired, I I spoke with uh, my buddy Bruce Feldman yesterday, 
uh, when when the Jamil Adai news broke about him leaving for the Bills, and uh, I asked him about the the hiring of uh, the running backs coach. And he said the guy just killed it in the interview process. That's why they ended up taking him from USF. He's just a guy, a bright guy. So Mario, the interview process is important for Mario. He wants to uh, be blown away there. Um, there's a guy who coached with Lance Gidry, the defensive coordinator at Marshall, who could be a candidate. He's Cody C and cornerbacks coach, uh, played at LSU, was a defensive back. Um, and his name is escaping me right now. Gosh. Um, anyway, he's on Marshall staff, coach with Gidry, could be a candidate. Um, I think obviously Patrick Sertan, uh, he's over at Florida State. That'd be a good steal for Miami. Florida State just had a tremendous defensive backs uh, class uh, and, and you know Jason Taylor's already here on the staff you get another former Dolphin uh, that would be pretty cool right to have two of them on, on your staff so yes. um, so I don't know I don't know where Mario's going to go with uh, the DB hire or the uh, administrative hire I would say this I would say people who saw the fact that Alonzo Highsmith really didn't have a huge imprint right on the job because Mario's so involved in the personnel decisions it's going to be a supporting role, not a lead role. It's not a traditional general manager, right? It's uh, it's more of a scout assist Mario in accumulating talent and and uh, identifying guys. It's Mario's show, dude. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's Mario's show. So yeah, everybody's gonna everybody's gonna answer to him when it's all said and done. So yeah, I I would imagine that it's just going to be somebody he trusts to be an extra pair of eyes for him when it's mm-hmm. all said and done. Uh, you know, a kind of a, a check with me guy for him, you know, yep. hey, think about this and somebody he trusts. So, yeah, it's going to be that's going to be somebody heavily in the trust zone for, yep. for Mark Cristobal, I would imagine on that. All right. What else are you working on the athletics so folks can check you out, my friend? Well, listen, uh, a lot of offseason stories that are projects that I'm working on. Uh, my editor's got a list for me. Uh, I just came out with a quarterback story for the 2025 recruits in the state of Florida. If people want to read that. Uh, one of the kids uh, is actually going to Michigan, the defending national champs uh, here in the state. Carter Smith out of uh, the Fort Myers area. There's um, another young man, plays in Jacksonville, Mandarin, is going to Florida State. So already committed. These quarterbacks are committing so much earlier uh, oh, through the process. I mean, the juniors, this is like, we used to be, okay, beginning of senior year where they're going to commit. Now it's like beginning of junior year with a quarterback. Miami's already got their own quarterback, Noah Grubbs, uh, who's, who's committed to the program. So uh they they'll be uh they'll be fine with him uh bringing him in to, to in, in the 25 class but uh if you want to read about the, the in-state quarterbacks in florida there's a story there for the athletic and there'll be more in uh the weeks ahead including some roundtables where we talk about the incoming recruits in the acc the sec all that kind of stuff that i'm involved in good stuff as always follow him on twitter at manny underscore navarro manny thank you my brother appreciate you immensely have a great weekend, my friend. Thank you. You too, brother. Take care. You got it. Don't forget, Caneswear, baby. Use our code, Big O10. You will get 10% off. You're looking for some heat gear right there, Caneswear. They got all kinds of shirts and hats and jerseys and you name it. They've got almost anything and everything with the Canes logo on it. Uh, jackets, classic jackets, sneakers, neon signs for your bar with the Canes logo on it, man. Telling you, Brett and all the great people out there, Jeff, you name it, they know how to get it done at Canesware 2566 or 2655. I'm sorry, South University Drive in Davy, Marlins gear, Panthers gear, uh, heat gear, inner Miami gear, oh, all kinds of inner Miami gear, jerseys, messy jerseys, all of that. Man, it's hard to see messy play because you know he gets injured, but. At least you can buy his jersey. So there you go. You get a messy jersey there at uh, Canes Wear, baby. And use our code, Big O10, online or in person, and you will get 10% off. Big O10. And remember, online, when you order over $99, you will get free shipping. Caneswear.com. Welcome to Caneswear. New store, new items, same great experience.
Family owned and operated since 2010, Caneswear has the latest merchandise from the Miami Hurricanes, Miami Dolphins, Florida Panthers, Inner Miami CF, and more. Come visit us at our store in Davie on University Drive, just south of 595, or online at caneswear.com. Caneswear, the spot Miami fan shop. A ride, a ride, a ride. And of course, call our friends at Welch and Rayom. Jeff Welch, he is an absolute stud, big music guy, too, like I am. So if you're into music, you can also talk to Jeff. And if listen, if something happened to you in the last couple of days, week, month, year, and you don't know if you have a case, call Jeff Welch, man. Welch and Rayom, the consultation is completely free, 954-966-4646. Do what a lot of our listeners have done now the last couple of years. They've called Welch and Rayom bankruptcy homeowner property damage, condo damage, criminal defense, business owner claims, commercial litigation, personal injury. Call my friends, Welt and Rayom, 954-966-4646. All right. Uh, Devin, I guess you got your question answered from uh, from uh, Manny about the Hall of Fame. Uh, it's uh it's usc and uh and notre dame with the most we're in we're third behind those two so you got that kyle says big o you're a utility investor i'm surprised you don't have any caspa it's getting ready to take off if you haven't done much research on caspa you should when you have a chance i have uh i know about caspa my brother and i know it's a, a good investment uh i am just not rich i'm a working stiff and so I'm involved. Yes, I do have a lot of chains that do have utility and I'm invested in them. I just didn't invest in Caspa, but I have nothing bad to say about Caspa. You know what I mean? But there's a, there's a lot of coins that, you know, that I'm a fan of that I think are good companies, but I, I just don't have the money to invest in them. You know what I'm saying? So like if I go through it, right, I don't have any Solana and Solana is a good company, even though I kind of, uh, the network uh, crashes were scaring the shit out of me. So that's one of the reasons why I never really got into them. But it's a good company. I know it's got uh, an ecosystem that is just absolutely sick. Okay. Uh, I'm not a Uniswap guy, but I know it's a solid company. That's one that you can optimism, not into optimism, but I know it's good. Um, near protocol, love near protocol, not involved in near protocol. Um, let's see what else. Arbitron, I think is, eh, you know, I think it's all right. I'm not crazy about Arbitron, but I think it's all right. Let me let me go with something I'm a little bit more crazy about. Um, say blockchain. You know, I don't have any say. I have Sailor, but not say. Um, you know, there there are stuff there's stuff out there that I quant. I'm not in a quant, and I think quant is phenomenal. Uh, quant does. There's not a lot in circulation. Uh, I think quant's going to explode. You know, that's another one. Not into it, but I don't I don't have money in it, but it's good. I think Beam is a very good blockchain and gaming blockchain. I think it, because gaming is going to be so big, Beam, I think, is pretty good, too. These are things that I like, and I, I don't have the money to be in it. I'm a working stiff, dude. You know, I'm not rich. Wish I was rich. Be fun. I'd get even richer. That's what would happen. By the way, Alethea up 8%. All right. I like it. I like it. I like it. Where are we at with Bitcoin? Bitcoin's still over 47. Let's uh, let's go to 48. Come on, Bitcoin. 47.382. I like it. So there you go. Ocala Joe, thank you, sir. Remember Cash App or Venmo at Cash Big O Show. That is Cash Big O Show. Ocala Joe, thank you, sir. Appreciate you as always. Very supportive of the show. Thank you, thank you, thank you, my friend. Very nice. Cash App or Venmo at Cash Big O Show. That is Cash Big O Show. And remember, you can make a Bitcoin donation, which you know. I love me some Bitcoin donations. That's the donation that just keeps on giving forever, which is a beautiful thing. We love that. So thank you, Ocala Joe. 
Appreciate you, my brother. I uh, I saw a story that was pretty cool. And as a hardcore Dolphins fan like I am, and as much as I love the team, as a lot of you do, and root for it and wanted to have incredible success because we're real fans and we really root for them. And so I, uh, I got to tell you that uh, there's a little something that I'm also rooting for now. And now, this some I'm not going to root for it when it's against the Dolphins, but I am rooting for it because I uh, I read a story about Chris Shula, and obviously you know those of us that are are longtime Dolphin fans and those of us that are older fans that we lived the Shula era, right? I I was born in the Shula era, I grew up with Don Shula, you know. Don Shula and Pat Riley to me are, you know, in a, in a place where they're untouchable. You know what I'm saying? That's where Pat Riley is. That's where Shula is. Uh, the love and respect and support that I have for those men uh, will, will just never end because what they've done for me as a sports fan in this town and for my teams, you know, I can't thank those two men enough, to be quite honest. The two most important figures in sports history in South Florida are those two guys. Although we could argue Joe Robbie because of without Joe, there's a lot of things that don't happen, but you know, that's a whole other conversation. But I read this story about the Rams new defensive coordinator, former linebackers coach, and his name is Chris Shula. And as you all know, he is the grandson of the great Don Shula, right? And so one of the things that he he talks about is, you know, his grandfather and the impact that he's had and how he carries himself and how he plans to, you know, how he plans to continue to conduct his his profession and how he carries himself. Right. And um, and oh, wait a minute. Oh, OK, there we go. And so uh, Chris Shula is quoted. It says, uh, I'd like to think. Um, I'd like to think he would think I did it the right way, Chris Shula said. I just focus on building relationships with the coaches and the players, working as hard as I can, uh, working as hard as I can to provide clarity for the players so that they can play their best. I'd like to think he'd be proud of a lot of the lessons I learned from him, the discipline, the accountability that you have to have to show your players by being prepared, by leaving no stone unturn in your preparation so they can go out there and they can feel confident when they take the field. As for his philosophy, my defensive philosophy, it's about the players. It goes back to, I remember somebody asked my grandpa this question. How has the game changed since he was coaching? He had been retired a bunch of years now at that point. And to me, it's simple. The game is relentless pursuit of the ball. It's getting off blocks. It's tackling. It's taking the ball away. Defense hasn't changed over the course of time, and that's what this defense is going to be about. He's 37 years old, right? The Rams, by the way, were ranked number 24 in sacks last year, number 24 in interceptions, number 20 in total defense, number 20 in pass defense, number 12 in rush defense, and number 15 in red zone defense, and number 18 in third down defense. So he's got some work ahead of him now i'm old enough to have seen shula's two sons coach okay and david shula was a pretty solid coach i don't know if uh i don't know if i would say the same about the other brother in cincinnati okay i'm sorry mike shula was a decent coach david shula I know he got to Cincinnati, but yeah, I can't say I was impressed with his body of work ever in Cincinnati. So just because you're a Shula doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be great. Only one Shula has been great. That's Don Shula. Mike Shula was a decent coach. He did a decent job. David, eh. so I don't know how good Chris will be, but I do know this. Because of what Don has done for us, I will be rooting for Chris Shula, okay? 
I, I like how the young man carries himself. Um, I got to be brutally honest with you. I had no idea he was in the league. I had no idea he was Sean McVay's friend since college, and he has been with them for seven years. Had zero clue about that. Okay? Totally. And I got to be out front with you there on that one. I didn't know. Didn't know that Don Shula had a nephew coaching in the NFL. But I will say this. Unless the Dolphins are playing the Rams, I'll be looking at Chris Shula and, 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 and hoping for the best and hoping that another Shula becomes a great one. Because that, my friends, would be incredibly cool that the bloodlines are alive and well and that modern-day football has a new Shula to kind of, you know, display. For me personally, that would be pretty cool. So I wish Chris Shula the best, and I will be rooting for him unless he plays the Dolphins, of course. Uh, Big O, do you have V-Chain and Jazz, Jasmine? I'm buying in. Yes, uh, yes, I've had V-Chain for three years now. I've had Jasmine for, God, I don't know how long it's been, but probably somewhere in the nine months range or something, maybe a year. Not exactly sure, but yeah. Yeah, we got I I got uh, the I got Jasmine down at its at its low, and um and then I be, I bought V chain, I had V chain in the five six and seven cent range initially, then after all this dip, I took advantage and bought it in the one cent and two cent range a bunch to lower my average. So now I will sit patiently, although I will tell you this, I think V chain is more about late 2024 into 2025. That's one that I think will be one of my later uh, in my portfolio. I think that will be one that will be one of my last ones to kind of explode, to be quite honest. So I, I while I've been invested in it, I'm also very well aware that VeChain is a slow builder and it probably will take a while. Okay? So there you go. Uh, let's see. And Ender Fireplay. Thank you for the super chat, sir. Appreciate you big time. Roy Benita says, let's go Bitcoin and ETH. Hells to the yeah. Uh, King Chile, Chile says, uh, exactly same was born in the Shula era also. There you go. Thank you, Joe Thomas, says Rosendo. Uh, no doubt Joe Thomas deserves a lot of love with Bethard and some of those guys and uh, and uh, Young also early on, too. Oh, talk about a small world, says Ocala Joe. My wife went to school with you at Hialeah, and I went to school at Miami High like your wife. Isn't it a small world? Yep. Uh, Finns play the Rams in L.A. next season. We got to get Big O and Sean out there for that one. That would be cool. That would be good. I I, I will never uh, deny a trip out to the West Coast. Love visiting the West Coast. Uh, Devin says, Big O, do you think Richmond Webb will get elected to the Hall of Fame? I, I think he will never get in. I think he will never get the love and, and, and respect that he deserves, unfortunately. Yeah. And he deserves to be in. But you don't have the big success. They hold it against you, dude. It, like, sucks. Really does. Uh, Hall of Fame stuff. Let's go over a couple things. I got no problem with Julius Pepper, Dwight Freeney, Patrick Willis, Randy Gratishaw, Steve McMichael, Devin Hester, Andre Johnson. Really good class overall. Um, the Reggie Wayne stuff. As you all know, and if you didn't see it before, we'll show it to you again. But uh, Reggie Wayne was not happy that he didn't make it into the Hall of Fame. This was his tweet. Okay? All right? Current mood, and that's it. And I don't have a problem with that. And that's cool. And did he get snubbed? Yeah. Will he get in? 
Hell yeah. He'll get in. I don't know if they didn't want to put three canes or two receivers. They did put two defensive ends and and Peppers and Freeney. So whatever. You know what I mean? But maybe the receiver thing, they didn't want to put another receiver in there or a third cane. I don't know what it is. I'll tell you the bigger problem I have with the Hall of Fame yesterday. I told you with the award show, my biggest problem was the whole Joe Flacco comeback player of the year. That's bullshit. Baker Mayfield by miles is the comeback player of the year, and it's not even close. I'm sorry. But can I give you something that has nothing to do with the Miami Dolphins? Okay, I'm just being objective here. That's all I'm doing. How the hell did Antonio Gates not get into the Hall of Fame yesterday? It was his first shot at the Hall of Fame. If I've ever seen a first ballot Hall of Famer at tight end, it's Antonio Gates. It's Kellen Winslow. It's Tony Gonzalez. It's Travis Kelsey. It's Rob Gronkowski. It's Patrick Willis. I I, I know what first ballot tight end Hall of Famers look like. Why are we disrespecting the man? I'd love to know why the hell we're disrespecting one of the greatest tight ends to ever play the game. Why are we making him wait to a second year? He is elite of the elite. I don't understand that one. You know, the Reggie Wayne thing, he'll get in and, you know, two canes already, a receiver, whatever, fine. Antonio Gates? Antonio Gates is a first ballot Hall of Famer. End of story. I mean, let do, do I got to read his stats? I mean, for those of you that, I don't know, maybe you didn't follow Antonio Gates' career, but the man had 116 touchdowns. He averaged 12.4 yards a catch, which means he had a first down every time he caught the ball. And every time you needed a first down, you could not stop Antonio Gates. He caught the ball 955 times for 11,841 yards. As disgusted as I am with the AP and their writers and their voters for not giving Baker Mayfield, who was head and shoulders above everybody for comeback player of the year, this is the other crime that I did not understand. We just, you know, we don't need to make the Beatles wait to get into the Hall of Fame. We don't. We don't need to have Pat Mahomes wait to get into the Hall of Fame. We just don't. Okay? Just, why are we doing this? There are some people that are just no-brainers. You know how Lamar Jackson was a unanimous MVP, which I don't have a problem with that. He had a fabulous regular season. That's fine, whatever. But I have no problem with Antonio Gates. I I just don't don't understand that. I really don't. Like, this is like a really special player, dude. At that position, he was as dominant a pass catcher as you've ever seen at that position. How many times were you watching the Chargers and you knew the ball was going to Antonio Gates? You knew it, I knew it, and you weren't stopping it. I I, I got to tell you, I saw that yesterday and I was like, wow. This is just, this is a crime. Like, no, you cannot do that to this guy. Total horse shit, got to say. Anyway. 
Uh, Antonio, you're correct. We play in L.A. and Seattle. There you go. Big O, do you think? Okay, I got that. Who did Antonio Gates piss off? I have no idea of Bill's fake crowd noise. No idea. Antonio's the top 10 all-time tight end. Easy. No, Ben Coates is not in the Hall of Fame yet. But Antonio Gates is way better than Ben Coates. And Ben Coates was a hell of a tight end. I, I, I just, I didn't understand that one. Lenny says Antonio Gates was a beast. It's a crime that voters are doing this. What a bunch of clowns. I think the problem with voting, well, the problem is who is voting for the Hall of Fame inductees, but they probably didn't see them. I mean, then you shouldn't be voting. Oh, I remember a few years back when Drew Pearson got snubbed and how pissed he was. Cameras, family, and friends were all there. I, I just didn't get that one, man. I saw that and I was like, wow, dude. Really? We're, we're going to do that? Have a little fun with this one. Did you guys see that the, the Kobe got his statue yesterday? Well, rest in peace, Kobe. But they put the Kobe statue out in the, in the crypto.com arena in L.A., right? I'm sure you guys all saw that in the news. And we all know that the Dwayne Wade statue is coming, right? So let me ask you something. What statue belongs outside the Miami Dolphins stadium? And it's not there right now. And it should be there. It should have been there. What statue would you have at that stadium? How about the Miami Heat? Is there a statue missing? that they haven't included already. Marlins have never earned a statue because you can't keep people around. What are you going to put, a Jeff Conine statue? That's about it, Mr. Marlin. That's all you can do. Panthers are on their way now, right? Kachuk, Barkov, these kind of, these kind of players have that history you know what I mean? So, but we're not there yet. So the Dolphins and the Heat. And how about the Hurricanes? Right? Because I was thinking about this. If that's your stadium now. We can include a couple Hurricane statues. Okay, if we're not going to put it there, then let's go put it in a green tree practice field, you know, whatever. Maybe maybe they should have a Hall of Fame row at the University of Miami when you come out of the locker room onto the green tree practice field, there's a Hall of Fame row cuz you can have a couple of rows when it comes to the Canes. I know they have their own Hall of Fame. But like statues right there. Be pretty cool. Be fun. So who would you include? I love the Zoe one. Love the Zach Thomas one, Skyler. That one's terrific. Shula's already there. They have a Shula statue. They they I believe they have a Joe Robbie statue, don't they? Isn't there a Joe Robbie? I'm pretty sure there's a Joe Robbie statue. No. Oh, it's a plaque? Oh, okay. That's what it is. I think it's a plaque when you walk into the VIP area. It's right there on the entrance walls, I believe. Yeah. I want to say, it, because I think the only two statues are Shula and Marino on the two sides, I believe. Okay. Unless they put up something else, because you walk between them to get into the VIP area there, I believe. Which one is missing for you? If, if there's a dolphin one, I have one in my mind. That it's like the most perfect statue in the history of mankind for Miami Dolphins. Like this man belongs on a statue because it's better than Shulin Marino's statue. 
Do you know who I'm talking about? Any idea, Sean? Who do you think? Who do you think I'm talking about, Sean? Who would you put? If there's one guy, somebody got the one I wanted. He wrote it twice now. True Finn fan and I think alike. Larry Zonka, bro. How, how is how, how do we not have a Larry Zonka statue outside of of uh, Hard Rock Stadium? Like seriously, that that nobody but nobody in the history of the Miami Dolphins is better suited to be honored with a big-ass statue of a nasty-looking dude that just wanted to punish you in, in, in Larry Zonka. That would be a... I think that would that would be something that so many Dolphin fans would clamor to because, especially with the older fans, Zonka is one of those guys that is... Man, he is loved. Like, Big. And and then Marx Brothers, a statue of the Marx Brothers. You know what I'm saying? That'd be pretty cool. Now, we don't do the Riley statue because he's not retired yet, Sean. Is that what we're doing? Is that what we're doing? Right? I got to say, the Riley statue better be the biggest statue in Heat history. I'm just saying. Nobody has meant more to that franchise than that dude. Jason Taylor would be a terrific one. I like that one. No, Blackwood brothers don't deserve it, but, you know, it's fun if you want to do that. Uh, Dougie Fresh says, uh, oh, if I fund your Sammy's lap dances and Dairy Queen dogs, will you come stay with us next year at the Senior Bowl? Yes, I will. But I thought Sammy's was closed. Sammy's closed years ago on, on Airport Boulevard. Is There's another location in Pensacola, I guess. Uh, let's see. What else? Larry Zonka with the twisted. Exactly. Dude, you nailed it. Twisted nose, maybe a little blood. The, the loop, you know, just there. It's just, come on, man. Larry Zonka statue is... It's what they made statues for. When they created Zonka, it's like, well, we got to start creating statues because that dude is a statue. He was the most dominant running back in the league at his time. Yep, it was. Just carrying four or five guys. Freaking awesome. <laughs> Marlins, Luis Castillo. <laughs> Crash Jensen, I love it. I love it. So when sports and business collide, we like doing something called the KSDT. CPA Sports Business Report. I did not know this, but then again, when it comes to this, I don't know anything. <laughs> so, you know how I have those idiots that try to argue with me about Bitcoin when they know nothing about Bitcoin? You know, it's like, okay. So, like, I'm going to argue with Sean about wrestling. When Sean forgot more about wrestling 30 years ago than I know now. Okay? Not what he forgot a week ago. No, no, what he forgot 30 years ago is more than I know right now. Okay? So, I argue what I know, or I think I know. And... This is something I did not know, but I'm sure Frankie Fresco, along with the stud that is Sean Stanley, knew this. 
AEW has some top talent on their roster, but Chris Jericho is reportedly the highest paid wrestler. Jericho was the first major talent to jump ship from WWE to become All Elite when the promotion first launched in 19. Even before AEW had a TV deal, Chris was on board. According to Dave Meltzer of Wrestling Observer Radio, he may not be the only OG AEW star, but he also happens to be the highest paid talent on the roster. Meltzer mentions that he's talking about the February 6th edition of AEW Dynamite. It was during this show that Jericho put uh, Konosuke Takashita. Uh, Dave notes that the highest paid talent in the company in AEW wants to protect his investment, especially if you're paying a star that much money. Meltzer goes on to say anyone can put over these guys. Still, Dave states that you need to have someone like that lose, and when they lose, it means something. It also states it's great for Takashita. At age 53, Jericho is a veteran of the business and one of the biggest stars in the industry before becoming All Elite. Chris worked for WCW and WWE. So, Sean, I ask you, if he is the highest paid, do you happen to know the number? Because that's the one thing it doesn't mention in the article. Apparently, he doesn't have the figure. Now, is that figure depending on how many matches you are in throughout the year or something? Or what's the deal? Walk me through this. No, it's um, it's just a set. Nowadays, again, back in the old days, yes, it was figured on where you were on the card. And it broke down a percentage of how much you made of the house that night. Now, it's just... Um, <clears throat> Excuse me. Jeez. Um, now it's just based on a, um, basically you sign a, like Cody Rhodes signed a three-year, one or three-year, $9 million deal with WWE. He gets $3 million a year regardless. Okay. AEW doesn't have to put out the figures because they're technically a privately owned company. Okay. And they did what, when they first started, I don't know if they're still doing this now because they've gone very hush on their uh, pay scale. They were doing what they called a tiers. So your your years in the business represented on how much your pay scale would be, which is why Jericho was one of the highest paid guys. And plus, he was also paid because of his name. Now, the thing also is AEW has a payroll, but then they did the same thing WCW did. So there's other companies that the cons have. Some of the bigger names are getting paid from those companies because AEW's budget is what it is. And that's what WCW did. When Hulk Hogan came over, Hulk Hogan was not signed to WCW. He was signed to Turner Broadcasting. Same with some of the other guys, the bigger guys in the NWO. So that's how they got out of... That's why when the contract sold to WWE, only a handful of wrestlers actually showed up on WWE TV because they didn't have Hulk Hogan's contract and he was getting paid all the big money from Turner still. So why show up on WWE TV for less money? I'll just keep getting paid the big money, sit at home, contract expires, boom, he shows up on WWE TV. So, you know, that's the reason why nobody knows the number because nobody, AEW doesn't have to put it out there because technically now they're privately owned so you don't have to throw it out there. Whereas WWE is uh, publicly owned so everything's kind of free record. Okay, there you go. When sports and business collide, baby. And if you need your taxes done, call our friends at KSDT CPA as they can help you out. Call them 305-670-3370. Even if you're in crypto, they can help you out and they can help your business year-round give you the guidance that you need. A top 200 firm by Forbes, KSDT CPA. This has been the KSDT Sports Business Report. KSDT CPA is one of South Florida's largest and one of the country's fastest growing accounting firms. KSDT is recognized by Forbes as one of the top tax and accounting firms for 2022. KSDT CPA is a full service firm that also excels in crypto. Visit online at KSDTCPA.com or call 305-670-3370. Coming up, we're going to tell you and and tell you why uh, Tua haters get exposed. Something happened yesterday that I thought about, and two haters would be hypocrites in this case. Yes, Sean. Can you throw up the picture uh, that you keep throwing up, the tweet? Of Reggie Wayne? Yes. 
Okay. Uh, all right. Yes, sir. Do you not know who that is? That's a wrestler. Yeah, it's Kurt Angle. He's a gold medalist. He won a gold medal with a broken freaking neck. Oh, okay. All right. That was from his uh, reality show that he did. He, he became a meme because of that. <laughs> okay. I, I know the face. I just, you know, again. You were like that guy. I'm like, that guy. I was yelling in my microphone. It's Kurt Angle. <laughs> but that's you, not me. You know, it's, again, I'm not going to argue with you about wrestling. I'm not going to try to tell you is something wrong or this, that, because you're going to know about it. You know what I'm saying? It's exactly my point with some of these people. Uh, let's go with birthdays today. I know my place. You want to argue sports? I'm with you. You want to argue music? Let's go. You want to you talk crypto? Let's go. But there's a bunch of other shit that I can't get into because I don't know anything about it. Michael B. Jordan, happy birthday to him, sir. He is 37 years old today. Uh, Tom Hiddleston, movie actor, is 43. Uh, Joe Pecci is 81 years old. Uh, Saquon Barkley is 27 years old. He could be a free agent. Dolphins could get a running back like that. Uh, let's see. But I doubt they would trade and give a big contract. So he would have to be released. They're going to try to trade him first. Carol King, the legend, the badass, the absolutely straight-up Hall of Famer, the glorious one, Carol King. She is 82 years old. Man, she is awesome. Jair Alexander is 27 years old. Shiloh Sanders, Dion's kid, is 24 years old today. Mia Farrow, 79 years old today, the actress. Uh, let's see. And that's it. Those are birthdays today. Let's go with music history. Do we have it? What did I do with it? Did I lose it? Why did I, did I not save it? All right, let me let me pull it up this way then. I thought I I thought I saved it, but apparently I didn't. I screwed up. So I will have to go back to find it, but I know where to find it. And here we go. Let's give you music history. Today in 64, on this date, the Beatles made their live debut in America with their famous performance on the Ed Sullivan Show. The Fab Four performed five songs, including the then-current number one song, I Wanna Hold Your Hand, I Wanna Hold Your Hand. 73 million people tuned into the broadcast. In 72, Paul McCartney's Wings made their concert debut at Nottingham University in England. In 2009, on this date, Led Zeppelin singer Robert Plant took home five Grammys for Raising Sand, his bluegrass collaboration with Alison Krauss. Among the trophies they won were Album of the Year, Record of the Year, Please Read the Letter. Bruce Springsteen also left the winner, scoring the Grammy for Best Rock Song for Girls in the Summer Clothes. In 81, Bill Haley, on this date, who... Hailed as the first rock and roll star after success in 1955 with Rock Around the Clock, died of a heart attack. In 2009, Foo Fighters' David Grohl, as well as his record label, sued Miramax Pictures, accusing the Disney-owned production company of unauthorized use of the Foo Fighters' song Big Me in trailers for the film Rounders. Pay the man his money. So all I can tell you, okay, pay the men his money. Also in music, which I know nothing about this, this kind of music, DJs and all that shit, Cascade has now stepped up to replace Tiesto as the Super Bowl's first in-game DJ. All right. 
So Tiesto had a family emergency, so he's out. Cascade grew up in Chicago watching the Super Bowl every year with his family. He's excited to be a part of this. I have no idea what Cascade is. I've heard of Tiesto, but I don't know shit about Cascade. I just, you told me Cascade, and then I'm just thinking Calgon. Ancient Chinese secret, huh? That, you know, that's like, that's, that's all I end up, you know, that's what goes through my mind. The other thing is, and getting old sucks for all of us, right? Because at one point or another, you're out of touch with things, right? And you don't adjust to what's going on. Uh, I see it all the time with Mad Dog. I mean, he is definitely the incredibly old man on the lawn a lot of times, right? Not very good at adjusting on things and how life is. I kind of laugh at his old man takes. And so this is another old man take that doesn't really understand it. So Usher is performing as the halftime um, artist in the Super Bowl, right? And so a lot of people are wondering why you haven't had a rock band do it. And so Aerosmith kicked things off in 2001 in Tampa. You 2 took the stage later in New Orleans in the Super Bowl. Sting was a special guest in 2003. Paul McCartney kicked off uh, six straight rock-focused halftime shows back in 2005. Back in Jacksonville, the Sto Rolling Stones were in 2006. Prince in 2007, Tom Petty in 8, Bruce Springsteen in 09. Red Hot Chili Peppers, by the way, weren't the headliner, but they were there with Bruno Mars back in 2014. But a rock star has not even repeated a halftime performer, and they haven't even had one in several years now, right? And here's the problem. I'm a big rock guy. Anybody that watches this show, you know I love my rock and my metal. I'm huge in that. That's my first genres of music that I like over anything else. There's lots of other genres of music I love, but first and foremost is going to be rock and metal. Always. All right? That's where the center of my heart is when it comes to music. All right? Not that I don't like other things. Love other things. But I'm also realistic. And the problem why, for those of you out there that are stuck in that, okay, the rock bands now aren't as mainstream anymore. And so unless you have a rock band that is currently charting all kinds of hits in the last couple of years, year two, three, whatever, which it doesn't exist, really, okay, they're going to go with Usher or Dua Lipa, or whatever they're going to do. They're going to go with something that is more mainstream, which rap and pop are way more mainstream than rock and, and especially, please, metal. If you Forget about metal at halftime of a Super Bowl show. You know what I'm saying? So those days of the Who and the Rolling Stones and all that, that's dying out. No, it's actually died out. So before they do any of that, they're going to do Rihanna and they're going to do Taylor Swift if they can get her or Beyonce or whatever. They're going to try because they're going for women. The commercials, the halftime, they're going for women. Guys don't necessarily stick to the tube at halftime. They get up, they walk around, they bullshit, they talk, they smoke a cigar, a cigarette, a joint. They go have a couple of drinks. They walk outside with the fellas whatever it is, but they really don't stick there to watching the television at halftime. They go grab some food, some lechong, some chicken, some fruit, some whatever. Whatever it is you do, you go do it. You go take a dump, you go take a piss, whatever it is that you do. But you, the guys aren't really like the football guys. They're not really stuck at watching halftime. They're checking their phones, they're doing whatever. They're calling their buddy, across the country, across somewhere else. Bro, did you see that at half? And that's what they're doing at halftime. The women, they're watching. They're the ones that are going to drive up the viewership. That's why they've compartmentalized this whole thing, and they sell the halftime shows separately from the game.
And those of us that love rock and metal, okay, we have to understand that we have been aged out. And so unless there's a young band that comes up and has all kinds of hits and they become mainstream, then that's what's going to happen. Then you'll get it. Foo Fighters could pull it off, but do they have a whole bunch of hits lately? No. And that's my point. I agree with you on the Foo Fighters. In fact, I've mentioned it many times. Dave Grohl is our last rock star. That's the last rock star we've developed. We don't have another rock star after Dave Grohl. That's how crazy it is. So I agree with you that that Foo Fighters would be great, but right now they're not mainstream in the sense that they don't have a couple of hits in the top 10, top 40. And that's what they're looking for. So you need to be a rock band that is currently successful in the mainstream in order to break through that threshold. If you're not doing that, I don't think we'll see another rock or metal, definitely not a metal band, but maybe a rock band. So just wanted to give my two cents. Uh, by the way, welcome back to Mike Zimmer to the NFL. Because the best part about having Mike Zimmer as the defensive coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys is his girlfriend. And if you don't believe me, just go look at what that 70-year-old man picked up. <laughs> NorCal. Tool doesn't have a song short enough to do a halftime show. Them playing Hush at halftime would be sick. Yes, it would. Uh, Usher is the same time period as Foo Fighters. Yeah, I know, but he's more mainstream because the women love him and all that and the R&B and the pop and, you know, the dancing and everything. The entertainment side of it, man. I'm telling you, we we have been aged out, not priced out, not a bias. Right? We've been aged out, and I think people need to come to that realization. 